What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Are you ready? Tonight, 
He is executive producer and co-host of the Chairshot Reality on WrestleZone.com, another one of my favorite wrestling websites. We have the one and only Mr. Justin Labar. The internet? I mean, Mike said that to me, sir. He said, you have a show on the internet, and then he said this. Uh, what's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. Look at that. He said that to you, sir. And speaking of Pure Gold, we have a guest for the evening. We're proud and privileged to be joined by the incomparable, the one and only, folks, the first time ever, the other co-host of Chairshot Reality on WrestleZone.com, the ultra-popular Chairshot Reality. We're very happy to have Mr. Josh Eisenberg. We have joining us today Mr. Doug Mortman. He is one of the hosts of Busted Open Radio on Sirius Channel 125 or XM Channel 241. Folks, we have the one and only... Man, the myth, the legend, joining us from Busted Open. He is actually the other co-host, and we are happy and we are thrilled to have the one and only Dave LaGreca joining us. We are pleased and very happy to have joining us the one and only. Folks, you may remember him as Vance Archer in his time in the WWE, but he's probably better known as his real name, Lance Hoyt, where he wrestled in TNA. Folks, it's an honor and a privilege tonight to be joined by the one and only world famous, the one, Billy Gunn. Welcome, the one and only Road Dog with us this evening. The one and only Chad Gaspard, who is a former member of Crime Time, formerly of the WWE. Folks, we're very excited this evening to have an independent wrestling superstar. We have Alicia, who uh, you know has wrestled for several different organizations, and of course, so we're going to be talking to her about that. She's going to get into that. Uh, currently with uh, Women Superstars Uncensored. From the IWS, Flex Freeman. We have the honor and the privilege, folks, and the one and only Bright Lights, Jared Foster, the one and only Miss USA 2010, Rima Faki. We're going to have the one and only Miss Oklahoma 2010, and the first runner-up for Miss USA 2010, uh, the lovely Morgan Woolard is a columnist for the New York Post, and we're very pleased to be joined by the one only, all the way from California, the one and only Thor Ramsey. Folks, we're proud to be joined by the one and only Michael Jr. Joining us on the hotline is the 2005 World Series of Poker champion, Joseph Hashem. I got two words for you, years old. And sir, that culminates a year worth of guests that ranges from wrestling to sports to writers that write about sports to entertainers. It's just been a great year so far. It's been an amazing year. And, you know, we weren't even able to name every single guest that we had simply because of the audio. Like, for example, we had uh, Justin Credible, and we had some technical difficulties, so we couldn't really do the introduction of Justin. Uh, we did not mention... Some great guests that we've had in the past, like uh, John Paul Gonzalez, who was the founder of 401. We had Forgiven, who's a Christian rapper, a good friend of mine. We had Christy Marie, recording artist for LP Records. We had Greg Sussman from WFAN, the first ever Fantasy Phenom winner. We had a referee for the NWS, Mike Jones. I mean, we had Matt Walsh of the IWF and a former FCW superstar. We had just so many different people. You know, we had... Uh, the, the wonderful, the talented, the lovely, I mean, you name it, we had 40 guests, including the two we have today, sir, 40 guests in one year. I mean, how how much better can it get than that? Oh, and by the way, I cannot forget Mr. Pyro Falcon of OnlineOnslaught.com, who was a big part of our show, 
appeared many times with his On Fire with Pyro segment. He's assured us that he'll get back to that next year when things settle down for him. But, uh, Joe, it's just been a wild ride. When we talk about, like DG said, we almost consider Pyro part of the extended family. Let's let's take a step back and talk about some people that also were contributors to Pure Gold in year one. Let's not forget our third member that we consider of our family, Mr. TJ Todd Johnstone, who will be calling in later today. Wait, who? Todd Johnstone. I'm sorry, I don't I don't know that name. All right, maybe you'll uh, we'll refresh your memory at 12:45 when he's planning on calling in. Oh well, hopefully, because I mean I'm I'm just sick of Todd. I haven't heard from him. I haven't talked to him. I don't know where he went. What happened to Todd? He's out mucking it up with the big muckety mucks from his company. I, you know, I mean he he abandoned Pure Gold, so I, he, he's gonna hear it from me. Let me tell you that. Oh boy. And then who could forget Kelly or Board Up? Oh, I love you, Board Up, who's pretty much been MIA for the past I don't know how long, but she's definitely a a wonderful member of our staff. If you look at the Pure Gold team, she's there. Uh, I cannot also forget to thank Greg Adams, who's actually a writer for us now. He's done the Friday monologue for the last three, four weeks. So, you know, we, we enjoy having Greg. He's a, he's a comedian, amateur, does his thing. Funny guy, nice guy. He's got some good articles on there, so you definitely have to check that out. And uh, we have uh, Amory Dore, who just started. She actually wrote an article about the uh, captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mr. Sidney Crosby that uh, we, we put on the site yesterday. So it's just been an amazing, like I said, an amazing, uh, this this first year, it's just, how, how do you explain this? Or how do you explain the success that we've had? How do you explain the guests that we've had, considering all things, considering everything, considering where we are, two big old schmucks, and we have these amazing guests, sir. It's, it's unfathomable. Truly amazing. When you look back at the first show ever, sir, it was about 30 minutes of just me and you talking. and I was terrible, by the way. It was terrible, but, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. But the fact that it was half an hour, and now we're doing a two-hour show tonight, today. Today. Live. Not today. <laughs> on puregoldpg.com. Again, if you want to call in and reminisce, it's 714-364-4721. Of course. Uh, I mean, within all the mess of getting everything going, we didn't even mention the call-in number. So Joe just said it's 714-364-4721. How can we forget our regular show intro? You're in. We forget our show intro. And, of course, uh, like Joe said, puregoldpg.com, where you can check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube, and all that other hot mess. Sir, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. I cannot believe that I forgot that. Well, don't forget that I forgot to mention that. Welcome to the show that covers everything and everything. And tells it like it is. And also, don't forget the show about sports, life, and everything in between. Take that, Dino Costa. <laughs> we did change our, our opening just so that we wouldn't get sued. Oh, of course. We, we definitely did not want to get sued. Um, I mean, you know, whatever. It's worth it, I think. Isn't it just to, to get a little lawsuit going? And if you're going hey, it'll put us on the map more than before, more than it, right now if we uh, if we were to get sued, sir. Right. And uh, let's not also forget, I mean, as we're reminiscing uh, this first part of our show, let's not forget about our entertainment reporter, Hans. I'm sorry, who? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I don't remember the name either other than the fact that the producer just told me about to mention Hans. Where in the world has Hans been? You know, he should be calling in today's show, hopefully. But you know, that guy's been that guy's about as reliable as uh, yesterday's newspaper. So I don't know. But hopefully, uh, Hans will call in because if not, we're gonna have the smackdown on him. Not only did we have a lot of guests, sir, but we had a lot of sponsors our first year. Yeah, you know what? We actually did have have a lot of sponsors, so we're gonna go through that real quick. Of course, the most important one, my sponsorship, my my crew, my peeps, DRG Design Shop. Uh, we have LP Records, of course, who sponsored us. We had uh, JG Designs, which helped 
create our website. I mean, yeah, I did a lot of the work, but the truth of the matter is that, uh, you know, Jose helped me with that big time. Uh, we want wrestling, of course, our buddy Jason McDowell. Uh, we have, of course, the 66WFN.net. We have uh, Design and Stitch, Pompton Dental Arts, Easy Pizza. I still go to Easy Pizza. I love their stuff. Uh, we have 4-1. We have Kubla Soccer, Frankie Rocks, Footballista Lab, the Investors Advertisers Network, Virtuous True Wear, The Mobile Motivator, Fitness 365, Bay Ridge Yoga, some hot box yoga, hot box of rocks. Uh, we had Ultimate Sports Talk for a while. I mean, I'm missing quite a few. Um, we had, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. the uh, What was it, the place, the, the pretty place that we had? Um, oh, man, how can I forget this? My, my friend, my friend's dad actually owns it. It was a sponsorship that we had over in Helmut Park. You know, great guys over there. I just forget the name right now, and if I remember it, I'll just toss it out there, sir. For two shows, we were flipping out, but then we went right past that and decided not to flip out anymore. Yeah, we, we couldn't flip out. Flipping out was not good for our health. It was not good for the uh, for the show. But, uh, you know, of course, we had uh, we had a good time flipping out, as it were. Definitely visit our website, folks, puregoldpg.com. And DG's mentioned our first sponsor, uh, DRG Design. But check out the merchandise. We're not asking for any money, but uh, I'm going to tell you, if you want a nice gift for the holidays, a nice T-shirt, a nice hoodie, even clothes for babies and kids, sir, Check out the website. Buy some stuff off the website. It's really comfortable material. I'm going to be honest with you. I own a hoodie and a T-shirt. I love them both. Yeah, you go nuts about the hoodie. You're, <laughs> you're talking about we need to buy some. you got to buy some. Weren't you going to buy some for like a gag gift for somebody? I did, but that's a top secret. Oh, you actually did purchase it? I did. <laughs> of course, Joe. I think Joe single-handedly kept the DRG Design Shop in business. But you can check out the link on there um, on our website under the heading Pure Gold Sponsors. It's the first one at the top. And if you want to get a, you know, something for the show, for part of the show, be a part of the show, I mean, this truly is the greatest show on the air, sir. And, you know, speaking of that, let's reminisce a bit about this first year that we've had. I know we mentioned all the guests. We named all the guests. Now, I'm not sure. I, I got to throw this out there. For some reason, I feel like we forgot Sal Licata, who was a, a guest, a sports contributor of SNY. For some, for some reason, I don't remember if he's in the, the montage that I did at the beginning. But if not, you know, we thank Sal. And if we did, hey, Sal, you got a second plug. But, sir, that first half-hour show that we did, you did the worst intro of all time. It was something to the effect of, welcome to pure gold. It, it, it was awful. It actually wasn't that. It was something like, pure gold is on the air. You know, I had the clip to play, but for some reason it got destroyed in our tape archives. But, uh, you know, that was that was a rough show, sir. We did that first episode, and we, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. I remember you were telling us a little bit about yourself. I said a little bit about myself. Nobody cared. You know, and then uh, here we are a year later. But that first half-hour episode, if you go back and listen to it, compared to the airtight ship that we run now, it's just – you would think it was different people. Yeah, I don't know if it was just nerves or just, you know, us getting used to the equipment. But, you know, I was calling, I was calling in from a cell phone, sir. Let's just be real. From a, my basement at my own home, you know. And we I mean, out of your home, yeah. Yeah, Francesca, out of my home. I mean, uh, was, you have a show on the internet. Yes, I do. You know what it's called, Mike? Oh, what's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that's another part of it, DJ. We didn't mention is that the fact that we have these great sound bites that we could just reminisce about. Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? <laughs> Joe Walton, what's the business? I don't know why the rock. I don't 
know that Rock would say it doesn't matter what your name is. I mean, I, honestly, I just don't understand why. No, wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, first of all, wait, first of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David, for a second. Let me stop. Wait a second. Sir, another second. Wait a second. What is the point? Another segment that I love to talk about is the fact that we spent a good portion of our first year talking about our, the greatest show. I like turtles. Let's not forget about Smallville. Oh, of course. I mean, we literally talked so much about that show. There's people following me on on uh, Twitter who always do the uh, Follow Friday, and they always say, if you're a Smallville fan, check this out. We haven't talked Smallville in months. <laughs> talked about that, but you also can't forget that we talked about the last episode of Smallville, which was probably one of the greatest episodes in the history of the show. Kevin talking for about 58 minutes 
And then that's not including the show intro. And Joe and I just sat there and we couldn't get a word in edgewise. I mean, Kevin likes to talk. He likes to talk. I think I think we're sharing the blame, sir. I think we came up with like maybe 18 questions that night that we we're going to ask him. <laughs> and we want to ask like all 18 questions. When, when we realized that really an interview or a conversation should be only about five or six questions. And then you just, you know, comment on each part of the conversation. Even though technically we don't stick to five or six questions. But, yeah, that was the first time we did it. We figured, how are we going to fill an hour? So we did come up with, I think it was exactly 18 questions, which, as you know, if you listen to the show, was just a lot of stuff. You know, I remember one guy I thought was a great guest, and I wasn't expecting him to be. That was Keith Elias. I mean, I was thinking, the the trouble that we had getting Keith on the show, I was like, this this interview is going to stink. And Keith is still to this day one of the best interviews that we had. He was so interested. He was personable. He really seemed to have a good time on the show. I think for the most part, a lot of people liked coming on the show and really enjoyed, you know, talking. I hope everybody liked coming on the show. You're right. I mean, I'm just saying that they really enjoyed the questions that we asked them. We really dived in, you know, with... Or dove in. Or dove. Or dove. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I said... These, these guests really, I think, enjoy coming on to the show and really enjoy spending some time on Pure Gold. And we can only hope that year two we could get some people to call back and then, you know, hopefully get new guests as well. Well, we do have a, a few guests coming up. I mean, I mentioned today we're going to have Caprice Coleman and uh, Anna Rodriguez, but um, we're going to have Michelle Leonardo, who is actually Miss New Jersey USA 2012. She's the reigning, the current Miss New Jersey. She's going to be on the Tuesday show. The following Tuesday, we're going to have the, I don't know if I should say this, I, I mean, this is her boomer word, it's her hot box of rocks, uh, Kim Jones, Yankees reporter, and she's also a sports talk show host, she co-hosted with Mike the other day, and on a side note, I think she should be his permanent co-host, because Mike needs a co-host, and then the week after that, we're going to have Amber Joy Watkins, who's Miss Pennsylvania 2011, and she was also a dancer for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, so that should be a good interview, sir. Yes, sir. For the most part, I'd say our shows were really lighthearted. We had a lot of people talking uh, about, you know, sports entertainment and just entertainment in general. But then we had the one serious topic that we talked about only about a month ago um, with the whole Penn State scandal. Oh, of course, and we can't forget Carissa Maxwell, who was a big part of that show. Uh, so shout out to Carissa. Um, that was a that, that was not a fun episode. I mean, we we always have a good time on this show because we're able to live out our dream. And hopefully in a couple of months we'll be living it out in a more lavish uh, environment, let's say. But, yeah, that was definitely a somber episode that we did. We also covered the death of Steve Jobs. Um, we've had everything, sir. I mean, we had a rapper. We had a music media mogul. We had a bunch of professional wrestlers. I mean, to me, I think my favorite guest, and I know this is going to sound bad, but let me explain. My favorite guest, I'd have to say, would be our Miss USA contestant. Why? Because... You know, I feel like it's really added an extra dimension to our show. At first, it was just sports and wrestling, and we, we covered that ad nauseum. But having people like Miss USA 2010, uh, having people like uh, Morgan Waller, having people like uh, Brittany Bell, who's actually now with the uh, the World Poker Tour, is one of the Royal Plus girls, so we're hoping to see if we can get her on to discuss that again. And I mean, she mentioned that maybe that could open up the possibility of getting more World Poker stars on the show, and I know Joe's big on poker. We are, we added that recently with Joe Hatcham. Uh, we hadn't really covered poker at all. Um, but truthfully, our show has gone to new levels just with all these different people. I mean, we, we had respected sports columnists like Neil Best, who was the best guest that we've had. Mike Vaccaro from The Post, 
Um, you know, we were going to have Steve Popper from the Herald, uh, the record this week, but hopefully we'll have him on in the near future. I mean, we had guys like Greg Giannotti. Sir, when we first got the moose, it was hacking up a lung. I thought the moose was going to die on our airwaves and we were going to have that, that sound by forever. We were, yeah, we talked hot stove baseball at the moose. I recall um, us making predictions at the beginning of the year how the, you know, the Red Sox and the Phillies were going to be the two teams that were going to make it to the World Series. And we, those are good predictions, by the way. I still stand by them. <laughs> okay. And then we look at what's going on in this offseason, this hot stove baseball, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, we we can get into that in a minute, but uh, yeah, I can't help but I think about – I feel a little Jersey-licious right about now. <laughs> I mean, we had Anthony Tyler Quinn, who was a great guest. That was a big get for us because we thought, I mean, this guy's an actor. He's known. I remember when Evan Roberts came on, uh, Joe was giddy like a three-year-old schoolgirl. I was. I mean, still am. I mean, we got Evan on our show three times, which was recently just – that that record was shattered by Justin Labar, who came in for a fourth time. I think we're going to have to have a Josh take over that slot as far as multiple guest appearances. Um, and sir, I remember when Laura was on, she was doing the play-by-play of the Mets-Giants game. Remember that? I do remember that. That was great. I mean, we were just basically doing our show, and she was calling the action for us. That was definitely good. Um, I remember when we had Greg Sussman on, and we were like, this guy's a radio show host. I mean, no offense to Greg. He knows his wrestling. He knows his sports. But I'm like, this guy... We could, if we, why are we making it? This guy made it. Why can't we make it? Yeah, part of Pure Gold Year 1 was also trying out for Fantasy Phenom 2. Oh, of course. You can't forget that. We went out like champions in the first round. Uh, we did good, I thought. I think you blew up in about uh, 90 seconds, and I was able to last the two minutes. Yeah. Uh, Chernoff and Spitz were definitely uh, not impressed with JB. Well, you know, we said it before, and it's worth mentioning again. I've always thought that they're they're – the way that they figure out who's who, what's what, you're not going to find the most talented person. You're not going to find the most qualified person. You're going to find somebody who may be good in that one situation, but I still think it's a bad way to find the talent for the uh, radio show. It is, and, you know, Greg Sussman is still employed. In fact, I still listen to him occasionally overnight when I'm going into work early. Um, overnight under the covers? <laughs> so the, the Fantasy Phenom 2 hasn't even made it to the airwaves yet, so it's a big process, I guess. Doesn't that start um, New Year's? Is, is that what it is? I think it's. I think it's what it is. I think they get a slot or something at that time, and it is a big process because he got picked in August, wasn't it? I believe. He, yeah, it was like late August. Yep. We had our boy Patty from Brick, who was the number two, the runner-up. He was the uh, first runner-up, kind of like Morgan was the first runner-up in Miss USA 2010. And I think Patty is. Uh, hopefully, he's not on like Suicide Watch or anything because, I mean, that's two years in a row he didn't make it. How much closer can you get? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's giving up on that now, sir. But you look at, um, you know. You also talk about some of the callers that we had, non-guests, like who forget, who forget Angel from Woodland Park. Angel's probably my favorite caller, uh, one of our best callers, I'd say. He called many times, and he would always talk about how great of a show. I mean, he basically just, like, kissed our backside, telling us how great of a show we had, and we're the best show, and this and that, and yada, yada. Uh, one of my personal favorites, though, sir, I think it was uh, our friend, uh, our buddy Neil, hey, Dave. Remember me? He was a great guest. Yeah, I definitely had some in his place. And uh, speaking of Neil, I don't think he gave us one report on the New Jersey Spartans this year. No, he didn't. As a matter of fact, now that I'm looking at this, you you just reminded me of something. I was actually thinking, I don't have Coach Kevin Moss on here. I gotta, I have to correct that for this uh, our website. We have Coach Kevin's not even on this list of guests, and he was a great guest. Actually, I thought um, we never made it out to Spartan games. I don't know why. 
<laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll have him on next year, and he can tell us how they won the uh, the World Series of Poker or whatever it is that they were going for. He probably blocked it out because uh, we were at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting at the time. We were? Briefly. So that's why you probably don't that have That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, yeah I, I think I did block it out. <laughs> so uh, what else do we have for you, sir? I mean, just amazing thing. We had your buddy Mike, who was a you know he was a high school friend of yours, if I'm not mistaken. He was a referee for the National Wrestling Superstars. We thought that was going to lead us to some great interviews. I don't know where the hell Mike is. But that we'll have to reach out back to Mike about that. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm just excited because we've had so many. You know, we had our buddy Bright Light Sheriff Foster. A shout out goes to him for you know for, for supporting the show like he has. I think he's got an MIA, possibly arrested. Who knows? Maybe he was on TMZ. But Jared, good guy. Hopefully he'll make it big. You know, this is something that's huge for us. We had Flex Freeman on. Flex was a former IWF champion, but he's now signed to the WWE. So if Flex ever makes it big, which we hope he will, and you know, he told me recently that he's you know training and stuff. He doesn't have a name yet, but if Flex ever makes it big, nobody can ever take away from us the fact that we were the first ones to ever interview him because we saw potential. We saw something special in that young man. I think it was you going to the IWF Live event and talking to his mom, honestly. Oh, of course. That's what got this whole ball started. And, you know, she was great. She was going nuts. Uh, my wife was actually, we gotta, you got to thank her uh, because she was the one who really yucked it up with it. Bright Lights got so much into our show year one, sir. He actually made videos cutting promos about Pure Gold. Yeah, and those videos are actually available on our website. If you look up Bright Lights, Jared Foster, I mean, he's got a whole bunch of posts. And there was about two or three. And, yeah, he really got into it. He was, I think he was just a hater, but, uh, you know, he's a good guy on the side. No, definitely, uh, you know, we appreciate having him on. I remember, sir, when we had, uh, you know, Billy Gunn. What are you doing this in a basement, Billy Gunn? <laughs> if I saw Billy Gunn right now, I'd hit with the famous, sir, because that's what he deserves. And Billy, I remember when we first got Billy, we were so excited because it's like, oh, my God, Billy Gunn. This is huge. I mean, backtrack in a second. We got Lance Hoyt, who was formerly a... Uh, Vance Archer of the WWE, and that was a big get for us. I remember that was our first big known professional wrestler. Well, Billy Gunn was an Attitude Era superstar. He was one of the main guys in the company. If you go past The Rock, Austin, and Taker, and basically Triple H and Kane, I mean, the rest of DX is right there. They were at the top of the card. So him, that was a great get. Then the very next episode, we had the Road Dog on his tag team party. That was great. I think for pretty much throughout the year, sir, the guests have been, and we've mentioned it more than once on our show, is the fact that they tell it like it is as well. Not only do we tell it like it is, but they're not afraid to really voice their opinion, a la Leonard Marshall. Oh, you just stole my thunder. Leonard was one of my favorite guests, not only because I'm an all-time giant fan, but he's one of the greatest football players I've ever seen, and he's he's a great, uh, you know, just a beast of a man. Didn't he break Joe Thousand's leg and basically end his career? I believe he did. I mean, imagine you see him on the street. Leonard would probably do that to us. Oh, pure gold, boom! <laughs> But uh, he was great. He's, yeah, man, I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I wish I had that soundbite. i got to get that soundbite for the next episode. He was great. He was a wonderful guest. And I was expecting him to be, like, uh, I don't know if gracious is the right word, but kind of, like, humble and, like, you know, basically what I don't like in superstars. And we'll touch on this in a minute, the whole Jose Reyes thing. But when Jose is like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, I want to talk about that, I know you don't agree with him. But that's what fans want to hear. They want to hear the truth. And what Leonard said was the truth. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He said he believes it, and I loved it because he told it like it is. Folks, 714-364-4721 is the call-in number if you want to reminisce, talk about pure gold. Oh, of course. Um, speaking of reminiscing, um, Uh-oh. you know, I, I'm not sure what's going on here. 
But uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we may have an old an old friend of ours. Uh, I don't think we do, sir. Joining us on the line. No, it's not. Uh, no, you don't think so. I don't think so. It might be our one of our guests for today's show. No, it's it's definitely one of our one of our old buddies. I'm gonna put him on the line, and if I. Uh, uh, this might be a mistake, but uh, we have a caller on the line. Uh, sir, you are live and on the air with Pure Gold. Uh, you talking to me? <laughs> yes, Kenny, I'm talking to you. You talking to me? I don't, I don't see anybody else around. I think you're talking to me. The one and only Kenny, who is the epic yeah. and talking over me like he always does. Kenny, how are you doing? We haven't heard from you in a while, sir. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've been, uh, you know, locked up for, you know, not paying gambling debts. Had to uh, dye my hair. I had to, I had to dye my little hair I have left and grow a, grow a mustache, but I look like Derek Holland now. So, you know, epic fail. How's it going, did guys? Grow, uh, did you ever grow that rector mullet? The, the who? I'm sorry. I, I have no idea who that is. I, 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 I disavow any knowledge of rector. <laughs> Listen, Kenya, seriously, how have you been? We haven't heard from you in quite a while. I don't even remember the last time you were on the show. Well, have I ever really been on the show? I mean, you know, besides, you know, oh, the Jets, this, this, that, the Mets, blah, blah, and that's it. I mean, I didn't hear myself in the opening montage of the, the, the collection of clips. So, you know, I don't, I don't you know, if I had been on the show, you know, I, I definitely would have been there two, three, four, seven times. I, I think, think with all know. the uh, the rambling and the things that you've done, we figure we just leave you out of the, the equation. I figure you got locked up for uh, those old gambling debts, like you yeah. mentioned. Uh, you know, and it's funny. <laughs> it's funny that you called them because you're actually also you were a contributor. I don't know what where you've been, but you contributed with quite a few writing uh, articles. And I completely forgot to mention you. Uh, how could I forget Kenny? How, yeah, how can you forget him? Huh? Oh, jeez, yes. How can you forget uh, David's friend? Right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but now I've been you know real busy with work. You know. Guys, I don't know if anybody, if your listeners know or care, but you know, with the kids at home, it's just you know hectic. You know, it's just you know, plus not having a laptop to write, you know, it gets a little difficult. And then, you know, then you guys full of Steve McNair on me and lock me out of the website, so I can't write. But that's okay. <laughs> well, can you blame me? Listen, Kenny, let me ask you a question, a, a current yes, sports sir. question. We haven't talked about it yet, but I definitely have to. Uh, I definitely have. To. <laughs> I got to ask you. As somebody from South Florida, what do you think about the Jose Reyes move to the Miami Marlins? Well, well, actually, it's actually kind of interesting that you talk about it because I, the piece that I wanted to write, you know, if my kids would, would get off the computer and let me use it, because you know that to, expect that, you know, you know, it's your father now. Just, just wait for that, you know. When, when you're, you're trying to write a piece for the website, trying to write yourself something, and your daughter's busy watching um, SpongeBob videos on YouTube, you know. So, you know, it's another thing that's holding me off. But, you know, getting back to this Reyes thing, it's kind of funny. This It's the weirdest thing, okay? The Marlins had, you know, their best, you know, winter meetings ever, okay? Right. It was so, you know, exciting, you know, as they were in the national light, you know, the Marlins uh, going after the pool holes, the Marlins signing Reyes, signing Burley, which was a great move. You know, at first I thought, right. you know, Burley, oh, he's sucked, but, you know, then I started looking at his numbers, you know, his, his you oh, know, 200-plus you know, things, you know, he had, you know, he's got a 3-7 lifetime ERA in the American League, so what's that going to be maybe in the, in National League, what, 3-3, three, 3-4 three, three, maybe, you know, and, you know, I listen to the sports stations down here, 
I call in. I'm, I'm real excited. You know, I'm sad to see Reyes go, but, you know, the Marlins just blew him away. The way I feel with it, the Marlins just blew him away with that offer. They they just, you know, outbid. They just wanted to, you know, set the tone quick. Hey, here, right. $106 million. Bam, that's what I think happened there. But if you listen to the tone of the callers down here, they would rather talk about a four, the four and eight Miami Dolphins taking on the four and eight Philadelphia Eagles. This, the baseball, sadly, this is this is baseball's last chance to survive here in South Florida, which is crazy because you've got all these teams down here for spring training in South Florida, Central Florida, more more more. But you know the people are you know they. They really don't care about the Marlins. They really don't care. Wait, about wait, what is the point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Jeez. <laughs> sorry, that was Joe. He had to play that clip. You know, it's interesting you talk about uh, the fact that people don't care in Florida because, as far as I know, the Marlins are spending all this money like drunken sailors because they're expecting their ballpark to be filled. And my brother-in-law lives in Florida, Miami. I know that they moved it to central Miami as opposed to the outskirts. <laughs> But, I mean, how yeah, many people a, are going to go watch, uh, watch the Marlins? They don't care about baseball. They don't even care about sports in Miami. People are going to go for the first two, three months, okay? Just because it's a new stadium. Year. Just because it's the new, not, not even the whole year, just because it's the new thing in the town, okay? Because baseball is such a long sport. It takes, it takes 162 games. They're going to get bored of it. And if the Marlins are in first place, second place, which I know they won't be, because they're still a couple pieces away from, but let's face it, Philadelphia is still the team to beat. They'll be ahead of the Mets, so, I'll say that much. What? I said they'll be ahead of the Mets. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, they're only ahead of the Mets, really. So, you know, uh, come playoff time like it happened in 97, like it happened in 03, they won't show up until September. Oh, this it's the hot thing to do. They don't even go to watch the game. They go just to be there. It's 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 like like Laker games. The people go just to be seen there. Because I've been to plenty of modern games where the people are there. They're sitting down. They're not even watching the game. They're talking. They're texting. They're tweeting. They're on their iPads. And it's a sixth inning. The game's tied at three. And they're leaving. Kenny, it's like a Miami Heat game. Exactly. That's because that's just uh, this is a horrible sports town, and I wish, you know. You know, I wish baseball would succeed out here, but, you know, the only time the fans show up is when it's a New York team playing. Because, why? New Yorkers out here. Or, like or Chicago's playing. Or, or you know, another team, St. Louis or whatever. Fans Listen, Kenny, sadly don't care. Before we hang up on you, we definitely yes. appreciate you, uh, you know, calling in and stuff. You, you've been a loyal I, At least you let me know you're going to hang up on me. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let you know. One quick, one quick point. The pool holes thing. Joe and I yeah. are going to talk about this in a minute, but you as a, as a, as a knowledgeable baseball fan, what do you think about it? Um, wow. What can I say? I was listening to Anaheim Sports Radio. They're going crazy. The poor people in St. Louis are acting like their, their, their favorite uncle died. It's it's an amazing thing. It, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he went to, to the Angels of all teams. It was like uh, the Phillies last year with, with Cliff Lee, just from, from one minute to the next. It was, yeah, yeah. It's shocking, and you know, but hey, Artie Moreno wants to win now. He wants yeah, to win. He wants to win a couple titles. Miami with those horrible mm-hmm. Miami Vice-looking uniforms, but uh, you know, Kenny, again, it's been great. We we definitely appreciate your your support. Hopefully, you can uh, beat your daughter and get her off the laptop so you can write up some good articles. 
like uh, Jose, can you see or whatever the heck it was that you wrote about Jose Reyes? But uh, yeah, thank you, sir, for checking in thank with us. Thank you, guys. Your... Have success for from this day forward, year two, year three, and until the show's unprofitable. Let's keep it moving. All right, keep it PG, baby. <laughs> Take care, Kenny. <laughs> all right. Folks, that was the one and only Kenny from over there from West Palm Beach. Kenny was a loyal listener, is a loyal listener. And like I said, he contributed, and he likes to ramble a lot, but he definitely contributed to our, our uh, show. Somebody else who contributed, uh, Dominic from Hicksville. Where the hell has Dominic been? Uh, I, that's another person that I definitely blacked out because, uh, out of my mind because, uh, I don't know, Dominic just disappeared after uh, a little controversy. I, I don't think we can get into it live on the air right now. Yeah, I don't think we can, but Dominic... Dominic definitely played a part in changing the show a little bit, but, you know, we definitely enjoyed having him call in and stuff, and, of course, uh, Angel, but it's nice to have Kenny call because it goes to show you that, first of all, Kenny has not changed whatsoever, and second of all, I mean, having callers in the show, it just enhances the show, so we hope that as we get more exposure starting in March, uh, which we can't get into yet, uh, hopefully we'll get more callers and more people in because that's what makes the show even more exciting. Well, you know, Kenny did touch upon two things until we get our next caller. We might as well just hit upon him. I mean, Jose Reyes, the fact that, you know, I don't think the Mets were ever interested in re-signing this guy, even though he won the batting title the way he won the batting title. I don't care, to be honest with you. He won the batting title. Yeah, I don't care either. I don't understand why that's such a big deal. If, if an all-time great like Wade Boggs did it, who cares that he sat out like two at-bats? Exactly. So, but, you know, the Mets uh, are rebuilding. Um, in- wait, 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 wait. Wait a second. Rebuilding? What? Until a few days ago, I didn't understand what the Mets were doing. I mean, obviously, I didn't think they were doing anything other than just preparing for, like, 2014. But, you know, they made some moves now. They got rid of Angel Pagan. And anybody that takes Angel Pagan off our hands, sir, God bless him. You know, I'm so happy you mentioned that because I am thrilled. Uh, what is that expression? I'm happy as a pig in spit. Because Angel Pagan stinks. Let's be honest. Andrew Pagan is not that good of a player. Mets fans like to fall in love with these guys who just are not that good, who are totally, you know, who are basically bums, like the Chico Walkers of the world, uh, the Keith Millers of the world, the Bill Pacotas of the world. The Mets fan doesn't like talent for some reason, other than maybe Josh Strawberry and Jose Reyes. But he's gone. That's a great thing. Uh, Andres Torres can't hit, whatever. He can play defense, which is important in, in, in the Mets, uh, you know, in City Field. They moved the, the Spences in. I mean, I'm sure they're expecting Jason Bay to hit 30 home runs in the first half of the season. But I do think that it's going to help Bay, sir. I don't know about you, but I think it'll help him a little bit. It'll help him a little bit. I just hope he stays healthy throughout, throughout the year, and that's going to be important. Of course. And I think Wright is going to be healthy because Wright is one player who, who I don't know if you ever watched against, but he does hit to those, those gaps. Those gaps, they moved in 16 feet on one side, 12 feet on the other side, whatever it is. And the, the fence is dropping down. I think Wright will hit an extra 10 home runs in City Field easily because he does hit to those deep parts of the park where the ball was, was you know, dead zone out there. But you mentioned the trade. The Ramon Ramirez one where he was a, a part of the whole thing with uh, Pagan, he's an excellent reliever, sir. You look at his stats, he's one of the best relievers the last four or five years. He is. And, uh, you know, you could have traded Angel Pagan at his highest value uh, two years ago, but the Mets still were able to, we talked about getting rid of uh, Jonathan Nice, which I actually think would be a good move. I wouldn't mind that. But, um, I mean, what, what do you think, sir? you think that Ray is going to be here? I, I personally do, but what do you think? I think he might be here up until July, maybe, until, up until the trade deadline. And then if the Mets find somebody, some team that's willing to give up a, 
a starting pitcher for him. Maybe the Mets do that move because for now, I mean, you look at Ike Davis, David Wright, and Jason Bay, that's a pretty decent lineup in the middle of the lineup. You're right. That definitely is a deep. Well, if Bay comes back to form, which I know we've talked about this, I honestly think that he might come back to form. Yeah. So, I mean, but then again, you know, you, you think about what the Mets are doing. John Neese is such a young pitcher. I think I think he has potential. I don't oh, think, yeah, lefty, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could classify him as an Angel Pagan type where the Mets, like me, BMF fan, like falls in love with a mediocre player. I think he'd be a good pitcher, actually. I think he has potential. I don't know exactly how good he's going to be, but I do think that he has potential. But if he has such trade value, which more than I thought, because a lot of teams were talking about him, I think there's a possibility that uh, he, the Mets may get something good back for him. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you talk about just the Mets in general, and then you talk about hot stove baseball. I mean, a lot of the – besides Jose Reyes being signed, uh, Kenny touched upon it, the whole – Albert Pujols going to the Angels for that absurd amount of money and absurd amount of years, sir. I mean, you would think that the Angels learned a lesson, you know, watching the Yankees signing A-Rod to an absurd contract. This contract is just as absurd. This contract is probably worse than A-Rod's because A-Rod got signed to a 10-year deal when he was younger. I think he was in his, I think he was a 20-some-odd. Because he has 10 years now, but that's after restructuring it with the Yankees. Um... It's just a bad move. I mean, Pujols is the best player on the planet, no doubt, but he's not worth uh, 10 years. Sorry, you know how bad he's going to be the last few years? Yeah, he's in the American League, and it'll, it'll help him DH-wise, but it's not helping A-Rod. His injuries are breaking him down. He's, the last four years, five years, he's going to be an absolute weight and an albatross around the neck of the Angels. They're going to have to hope that they win, like, three titles in the next five years. The other thing, I know you said that players don't care about loyalty and staying on the same team. They don't. But I think the from what I hear, I think the Cardinals is a classy organization, and they threw almost the same amount of money to the Cardin- uh, to Albert Pujols, and I'm just surprised that he left. I really am. Well, Mike was talking about this yesterday. Apparently, the offer wasn't much more than $190 million. I mean, <laughs> that's a ton of money. I guess what it comes down to me is how much is enough. But apparently he only offered them like 190, and that's about 50 million less, and that's a that's a ton of money. That's not 10 or 20. That's like 50 million. So you you add Albert Pujols to the Angels, and then they're they're not even done yet. They add a stud starting pitcher from the Texas Rangers, C.J. Wilson. Well, I mentioned this. The Rangers are done. They probably even have a winning season this year. Now they lost C.J. Wilson. They had to capitalize and win the title. But um, he, sorry, he's going to be the third best pitcher on the Angels. You get Jared Weaver, and you have Dan Harris. He's going to be the third best pitcher on the team. They have an excellent starting rotation. They do, and you know, which really brings me to my final point, I guess, about hustle baseball for now. Until we have Kim Jones on in a couple of weeks, is the fact that, I mean, objectively, and you're going to probably kill me for this, but you cannot rip the Yankees anymore for quote unquote buying titles when you've seen what the Marlins have spent. When you've seen what the Angels have spent, the Yankees have done nothing yet this, so far this offseason. You're right. They haven't done anything. But what what can they do? What do they need to do? The Yankees don't need to do anything. But you're right. It takes away some of the joy of ripping the Yankees for all the money because everybody's spending money. Everybody's going nuts. You can't even say that there's a disparity, a competitive disparity. The Yankees, because the Marlins came out of nowhere and spent a ton of money, and now the Angels too. The Yankees definitely need another starting pitcher. And do you know that they're willing to give any team that wants them? They're willing to give $8 million for A.J. Burnett. 
don't know how much AJ is making, but he's a horrible pitcher. What was he like, twelve and fifteen last year? I mean, he stinks. He was definitely the worst pitcher in Yankee history, I believe. So the fact that with the, that many starts, yeah, yeah, the fact that they're dealing him just tells me that they're going to need another pitcher if they're going to contend. I mean, the Red Sox are you know disarray. They're trying to rebuild the team with Bobby Valentine as their manager now, but I still think that the Yankees probably could win that division. I agree with that. I mean, they definitely can because I don't know what the, the hell. I mean, hell. The Red Sox are going to do because, I mean, he, Valentine's, he's good, no doubt, but, I mean, you know, he's not going to turn his team around. They lost Frank Kona. Interestingly enough, he's now an analyst for ESPN, and uh, Theo Epstein is now the president or whatever it is, executive vice president of talent relations and interim role general manager over there in, in Chicago. So Bobby is a good manager. I always thought he was overrated with the Mets and the fans only remember the good stuff. But you mentioned how terrible AJ is. He was 500. He had a 5. Uh, I think 1.5 ERA. The year before, he was 10 and 15 with a 5.26 ERA, and he's pitching almost 200 innings. So he stinks. So he's gonna definitely bring the Yankees down. But I'm not sure exactly what's going on over there on the other side of the, the pond. But um, I mean, the Yankees have spent a ton of money. The Angels have spent a ton of money. Now the Marlins have spent money. I mean, teams are throwing money at guys hand over fist. Do you think it's going to pay off for the Marlins? I, I honestly don't think it will. I, I don't think they have enough to contend. But I guess their goal is really to sell out this new stadium that, what, only fits 37,000? How do you put the stadium that only seats 37? That's just weird. I mean, I guess you're you're willing to just say, like, let's build a small stadium, but we'll have a full house every night. Well, Kenny touched on it, how bad of a town Miami is in terms of sports. And, I mean, the, the other thing with Miami... They they didn't get Albert Pujols because he didn't want they didn't want to give him the uh, no trade. The fact that they if you take taxes into account, it's basically the same deal that the Angels gave him, and they missed on the greatest player on the planet because they didn't want to do a no trade. What does that tell you, sir? <laughs> that tells you that I just forgot about something. <laughs> that tells you <laughs> sweet chin music. That tells you that the the Marlins are going to trade Burley. They're going to trade Reyes. Well, Reyes, Burley only has a four-year deal. They're going to trade these guys in the very near future, and they're only going to stick there for a couple of uh, a couple of years. They're going to maybe try and win. If not, get rid of everybody. You know, Miami Marlins, let's face it. They make us all sick. Oh, there, there's no doubt about that, sir. And, you know, as far as the moves that they made, they signed Burley. They signed Heath Bell. They signed Jose Reyes. Oh, uh, is that all? Is that all? Um, if I was the commissioner of the league, I would be very annoyed, and I would probably have to say. Um, I'm sorry, sir. I would have to say, enough's enough. You would have to say, what if I could? I'm not. Enough, shut up! Enough, shut up! When is enough enough, Albert Pools? Come on! I don't get it. You know, I really just... I really just do not understand. You talked about being the commissioner. You talked about being Bud Selig. I mean, there's so many things. Have some guts! Show some guts! Guts have! I feel like Jose Reyes didn't show any guts there. There's, there's just no way around that. You look at all the sports, though, sir. I mean, basketball only has three, four powerhouse teams. Baseball only has, like, four or five powerhouse teams that always make the playoffs. You know, you, I mean, NHL. The NHL, sir is one of the only leagues that probably has competitive balance and just, you know, 
I know you. Well, you I don't know it. about that because baseball has how many teams have won the World Series in the last ten, eleven years? I mean, that's competitive balance. Look at the teams who made the playoffs. Just about half, if not more than half, of the teams have made the playoffs. I think it's been at least half. All right. I mean, I give in the you World that. Series. I give you that, but I, I'm, I guess I'm just telling you that I'm a believer of a salary cap, and I know baseball will never have that. It definitely is salary cap. I agree with that. Touching on baseball, I mean, what about you know we have uh, two wild cards this year. How about that? Uh, that should be interesting, sir. You know, we'll see where that goes. I, it's kind of stupid though because if one Walker team has a better record than the other Walker team, then they play and then they have the one game playoff and then go apart. It's kind of like I have a better record than you. I should, you know, I should be in the playoffs. Yeah, I understand. I mean, the idea of getting more teams and towns involved is good because you see all the excitement that this last year, last day of the baseball season generated. You're not going to have that, but you're going to have more teams interested. The Mets were only like a, game, a couple games out of the second wild card if they had it this year. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, I would say that's insane, sir. Let me ask you a question. This is uh, to set up my next clip. It's off the beaten path, but there was a big hit, I believe, that the Harrison and Steelers. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about that. Frank, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. He'd be out. Gone. Exactly. I mean, Harrison's a dirty player, and Sue, what's his first name, Domicon? And Domicon Sue? Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> they can both, like Chris Russo said, go to hell. Yeah, I'm sure they could, sir. Oh, are you talking about this? Go to hell! Yes! That's what I'm talking about. Folks, it's our one-year anniversary show. It's Pure Gold, live and on the air, 714-364-4721. Visit our website at puregoldpg.com. We're... Yeah. yeah, we're wrapping up on hour number one here, folks. This is the longest show that we're ever going to do. And it's interesting because we haven't scheduled for two hours. We've had these things where, like, oh, we're going to do 30 minutes and it ends up as, like, an hour and 15 minutes. Um, but, sir, what else can we talk about? What else can we cover before we get our next guest on for this first year of your goals? I, I think we should touch upon some current stuff. I mean, let, let's just hit upon the fact that, you know, let's talk about some NBA hot stuff. I mean, the season – it's going to be a 66-game season, and teams are now making trades. And, you know, just recently, Chris Paul, the New Orleans Hornets, was going to be traded to the Lakers in a three-way deal that was sent Gasol to the Rockets and I think Odom to back to the Hornets. But the fact that Chris Stern vetoed the trade because they own the Hornets, I think it's just a bunch of BS when you look at the other stuff that's been going on in the past couple of years with, like, the Miami Heat building the big three the way they did. It, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. What do you think? <sighs> Explain to me why the NBA, if the NBA owns the Charlotte Bobcats because they're in bad financial condition, why did they veto this trade to the Lakers? Because it was the Lakers? Because they didn't want them to get better? Everybody said that it wasn't even that great of a move for the Lakers. It wasn't. The Lakers were going to get Chris Paul, a great point guard, but they were going to lose two key pieces in Lamar Oman. Paul Gasol, and the fact that, you know, they were going to save $40 million really made it all logical for the Lakers to make that deal, and I, I don't understand why they vetoed it. And then, you know, Dwight Howard now looks like he's not going to be going to Lakers, and he's definitely not going to be going to your team, sir, the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I've, I've heard it's still in the running, so I'm, I'm not even sure about any of that, sir. That's the thing that's confusing about this whole situation. What's going to happen with Dwight Howard? I mean, there's there's also rumors, strong rumors, that the Knicks are going to get Tyson Chan, which, uh, according to Angel over there in Wisconsin, my brother, that's a great move. I heard Mike say it, Joe Beningo say it. It's a big man, big presence. 
which the Knicks need. Defense, which the Knicks don't play. So that's going to help. And the fact that they're not going to get a third big man in terms of a big name to be a ball hog, they're trying to do that whole big three thing also, sir. Yeah, it seems like, I don't know, maybe the Celtics started a trend in 2008 when they put together the big three, the original big three of, you know, Kevin Garnett, original. Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. So. I think the original uh, big three was Michael Jordan, Bill Paxton, and uh, Horace Scottie Grant. Griffin? Griffin. No, 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 Horace Grant. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been. Or maybe Tony Kukoc. I mean, you know, there's so many different guys. Steve Kerr. I don't know. I'm looking at my team, thinking about my team in a 66-game season. It's a shortened season. Reminds me of our good friend and locked up in Bellevue psychiatric ward, uh, Vic, who contributed to the show a little bit, too. Yes, he did. He actually filled in for Todd a couple of As a matter of fact, all this time that Todd's been MIA, we should have had Vic filling in. But, of course, Vic doesn't get out for a visitation much. Yeah, he really doesn't. He needs his meds, and uh, it's just better that way that we don't... I mean, we can have him on occasionally, but to have him on every show, I think that would just mess him up even more. You're right. Considering the Betty Ford Clinic only lets him out and make that one phone call, I don't know if he wants to waste that call on us every week. Yeah, the other thing about the Celtics is that the fact that they were open about trading Rajon Rondo to, to the Hornets for Chris Paul, and it seemed like Chris Paul didn't want to go there because I, I believe he has a no-trade clause. This team is getting old way too fast. I, I think this is their absolute last year to make a run at it because after this year, let's face it, folks, they are over the hill, collect Social Security, wrap it up, pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. Let me begin. Let's hope the Lakers never win another title because the Celtics still have more titles than the Lakers, and that's the bottom line. Because Joe B. said so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, folks, this is it's pure gold at its finest. We have an hour to go as we're reaching the top of the hour here. Remember to call us at 714-364-4721. You know, sir, I know that the Knicks are now relevant again. Are you going to watch some games? I mean, who? <laughs> the Knicks. Wait, I got to mention this. We got a little message from Kenny over in Florida. This is Kenny, uh, my good buddy. He said he thought the original big three were Ford, GM, and Chrysler. Okay, Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Only Kenny. Oh, am I going to watch what? Nets games? What the hell are we talking about? Nets games. Actually, yeah, I will. I mean, the season's going to start on Christmas Day, which is, I don't even know what the hell they're thinking with that. But um, I definitely will watch the Knicks. I mean, I watched it a little bit last year. It's just like you said, the basketball season is long. This year is going to be shorter, obviously. But I'm hoping the Knicks will be good. I mean, if the Knicks get Chandler and somehow, some way, they end up with uh, Chris Paul next year after he's a free agent. I mean, sir, the Knicks will be on their way to 15 world titles. Yeah. Let's hope for you. Uh, I know that they open up against my Boston Celtics at Masters Park Garden. That would be an easy win easy for the win. Knicks. On Christmas Day, of course. Easy of course. Because it's not about defense. It's about offense. Of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it'll be exciting. The Knicks will be an exciting team. Like I said, if they can get Chandler, if they make some other moves, I mean – I know Chauncey Billups is pissed, but, you know, who cares? He's all the washed up. Get him the hell out. So uh, the Knicks are going to be good. I mean, I'd like to see Amari and Carmelo for a full year, which we're technically not going to get this year. But, you know, as full of a season as we can get. So that would be exciting because, you know, I want my New York Knicks to be successful. Hopefully in a couple of years they'll, they'll have a nice world title. They'll be wearing the WWE World Heavyweight Championship around their shoulders. Yep. Title, I mean, the season starts on the 25th of December. And it's a short season, 66 games, so we'll see where that goes. And then we touch upon the current sport that is going on right about now. We talk about football, 
And we talk about how the Giants, your New York Giants, sir, are one game out of first place after losing, what, five in a row? Uh, if they lose this Sunday, it'll be five in a row. They're playing the, the Cowboys, and I'm hoping that they're going to win. I think they're going to win. Everybody thinks they're going to win, which probably means they'll get blown out. But uh, we absolutely hope to have uh, the one and only New York Giants in first place because, honestly, sir, that's exactly what we need. We need to have the Giants do good. We need to have them, you know, taking it down, as it were. Because, truthfully, this whole situation with uh, with the New York Giants, the fact that they still control Destiny, the fact that Destiny still in their hands, that amazes me. But speaking of Destiny, speaking of all that stuff, we're going to have to switch gears here because we have our first guest of the show here at the top of the hour, 1 o'clock, right on time, which I like, better than work. We are proud and privileged to have Ring of Honor superstar, wrestling superstar, Mr. Caprice Coleman joining us. Caprice, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm sorry, this afternoon. I'm doing very well. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, doing great. Sorry about that. We're so used to doing this show at 10 o'clock at night. You know, doing it in the afternoon is it's kind of difficult. Now, Caprice, normally I would save this question for much later in the interview, but with you... I'm going to have to start out talking about your faith. According to your Twitter, you are a minister, you're a pro wrestler, and you're not wrestling in some backyard organization. You're wrestling for Ring of Honor, which is known and respected. Now, what I'd like to know is, how in the world do you pull this off? I mean, my pastor's in pretty good shape, but I cannot imagine him being a pro wrestler. Say it, say it one more time about less what you say. Uh, no, I said, how in the world do you pull off being a minister and being a pro wrestler for a big-time organization like Ring of Honor? Okay. Um, the main thing is this, man. Uh, I've been called to preach. I was called to preach when I was 14 years old. And you have to understand, when you're called to do something uh, by God, man, that, that's a calling. It's not going to go away. You can run from it all you want to, but after a while, you're just going to have to accept it. Or you're going to be, the rest of your life is going to beat you down until you, until you accept it. But uh, so I accepted my calling at a young age, um, and so I've always been been ministering and all. And I and actually got ordained to preach when I was like age twenty five, uh, or whatever like that, twenty one. Okay. Uh, wrestling is what I've been gifted at. You know, everybody is called to do something, and people are gifted at things too. You know, and uh, I've been wrestling all the way through high school, uh, and on past, and all. It's just been a gift that I've always had. And I've always been in like the pro wrestling and all. And I got trained at a young age. I got trained when I was like. 18 years old, uh, or whatever, and, and I never, like, uh, leveled out. You know, every, every place I went somewhere, I always kept getting higher and higher. And I got to a point to where I was, like, either going to have to preach uh, or wrestle, you know, and I, I thought that's the decision I had to make, and I had given up wrestling. And uh, when I had gave it up, that's all I thought about. You know, and I realized that, you know, I was thinking, hey, I'm only going to have to do one of these things, or can I do both? And uh, so far, so far, the Lord has worked it out to where they hadn't crossed paths. And the church that I pastor out there supportive of what I do, and uh, and it doesn't conflict. And I have uh, assistance, and uh, I'm actually an assistant pastor at my church. Uh, but I pastor a service, and the Sundays that I'm not available to be there, uh, they know well ahead of time, and they're able to fill in the gap for me. Right, so they know you're laying the smackdown on somebody out there while uh, somebody else is taking care of the minister. Um, there you go. You know, I was checking out some some stuff on you, you know, get a little background. You were the uh, you were the heavyweight champion of the Christian Wrestling Federation. Now, explain that to me. There's actually an organization called that. Now, what's that like? 
uh, I, I'm, I'm a real fan of the Christian Wrestling Federation. My heart goes out to them. They're in uh, Rockwell, Texas. They're a small organization. Uh, it started small, and, and it got a lot bigger because of them being the Christian Wrestling Federation. A lot of people having questions about it. The main right. thing is this, man. They're wrestlers that happen to be Christians, uh, uh, or they're Christians that happen to be wrestlers. They're Christians first. And these guys are legit, man. I mean, we go there and we have prayer meetings with the guys. We talk about the Lord. We have, like, uh, mission trips. We go on, like, Egypt, Africa, uh, places like this, man. And we basically, they're basically like mission trips that, that attract people, you know. And we go out there and we wrestle. But at, during the intermission and, and after the show uh, and our, in the ring, we give our testimonies. We have uh, uh, messages that we give to the crowd and all. And then after the ring as, as well, we're showing the love of Christ, man. And that's what draw me to it. Actually, they were the organization at the time when I had given up wrestling that uh, that showed me that both of them could be done. I had given them both up, and, all, and I was praying. I was like, Lord, give me a sign, and, and I'm not even lying. Not even a week later, I got a call uh, from Bill Barron uh, saying that Christian Wrestling Federation was interested in me. And uh, once they once they called, I was like, okay. You know, I was I, at first I was like, okay, cool. But then when I went down there, uh, of course, they took me in with open arms, and then we went and wrestled that place. At two places, and uh, the second night, they asked me if I would give the message at the end. And, uh, of course, I said I would, and I gave the message, man. And uh, it was maybe a house of, like, 200 people, a regular indie show, and, like, 32 people came and gave their lives to the Lord. I was sold ever since then. Wow, that's awesome. He, he showed me that I was able to, to use the talent that he gave me with the call that he sent me and, uh, and bring people to him. So now I realize that my mission is to church to unchurch. People that normally wouldn't go to church but would watch a wrestling show, uh, if they watch somebody that's able to steal the show and give them the excitement that anybody else can give them, but yet their life uh, is, is backing up with integrity and the faith that they have, they'll listen to them. And so that's the mission I've been given, so I take it very seriously. Hey, Caprice, let me ask you, was there any, any instance that you've been asked to do something against your beliefs or something in the ring that you didn't agree with with your faith? Uh, not that's went through with. Um, most of the organizations I, I, I work for, uh, I, I pretty much I'm pretty faithful to, and they know that this is not a gimmick. They know I'm not playing a role or whatever right. like that. So a lot of them won't even try it. You know, uh, I've worked with Satan worshippers, and I had one thing where I was supposed to work with this guy that was a known Satan worshiper, and it was like, are you okay with working with him? I was like, why wouldn't I be? You know, he has his faith, and I have mine. I mean, for me to say I'm not going to work with him would pretty much say I'm scared of him. You know, right. I mean, I worked with him. We had great matches. You know, I don't I don't discriminate against people. It's my business. Uh, it's what I do, but I haven't been asked to do anything outlandish or anything like that, no. Good. Okay. You know, what's impressive is that you've had quite a career on TNA television. I also appeared on the WWE, like wrestling against people like, you know, the current WWE champion, CM Punk, Jeff, even Jeff Hardy, Roderick Strong, yep. Cole Cabana. The list goes on and yep. on. I mean, can you tell us who your favorite opponent was and your favorite match so far? Uh. Honestly, I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I really can't say. I, I really don't know. I had a very good time with Colt Cabana because uh, I like to entertain, too, and he's a great entertainer. Uh, but he's a phenomenal wrestler as well. So I believe uh, Colt Cabana kind of brought the best out in me uh, as far as me being able to put the both together. Uh, but they're, they're, I can't say a, a favorite uh, or anything like that. I, I enjoy everybody I work with. Um Especially like you know, the higher you go when, when you work with guys that you know that in a tier that they're at a higher level than you, but they're able to uh, work with you and show you how to become better. Uh, I, I admire all that, so I try to pull from everybody uh, in that in that in, re, in that retrospect. 
Yeah, I, I guess I could rephrase the question too, maybe this way. Would you say that there's anybody that you really felt comfortable wrestling with? Because I know that, you know, there's a, a lot of like hidden conversations that you have during a wrestling match. Is there somebody that you really meshed well with that you felt like, wow, I really put on a great show for the fans tonight with? Uh, wow. Um, man, I mean, I mean you mentioned Coco Cabana. Uh huh. And, and I mean, so, I'm I'm looking at this list of people. See, I'm okay. Tell us what was he like in the ring. I think, you, uh, according to what I read, you maybe a tag team match against him. Yeah, okay, here's the deal with that. I have nothing bad to say about CM Punk, but at that time in my career, uh, it, it was like one of my first times at, at TNA, and uh, they were rushed uh, for that for that match, and uh, CM Punk is a is a, a professional, you know? Right. And uh, I've worked with him on shows before, but I never really worked him before. And uh, the night that he worked us, he, uh, he also had another match going on, so we really didn't have a lot of time uh, to talk or whatever like that. You know, I didn't really get a chance to know him or anything like that for anything to click. It was kind of like this, is that, 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 and they was kind of running back and forth. So it was kind of like uh, kind of a hit and miss type uh, type deal. So I didn't really get a chance to try to, you know, click or anything like that because uh, I think we was on like an explosion show and they had something right, going on right. on the main show. So they were pulled, they were pulled like between the two. I think it was him and Julio De Nero, uh, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Uh, or whatever, and both of them was like, you know, they would they would try to sit down with uh, me and Roderick, and every time they would sit down with us, they would get called for an interview or some kind of meeting or, or you know something like that. So we never really had a chance to like, you know, uh, go over, you know, to, to get to know him or you know whatever like that at that time uh, or whatever. Okay, now, you know, you mentioned TNA, you were on WWE television, uh, you were signed earlier this year to Ring of Honor. Tell us. And folks, we're joined by uh, Caprice Coleman, Ring of Honor superstar. You were signed to that company this year. Tell us what it's like to be a part of it. I, I respect Ring of Honor uh, more than I respect any of the other companies, and not just because I work with them, I'll tell you why. Um, I, I'm a straightforward person. You asked me a question, I'm going to give you a straightforward answer. You asked me a question earlier about uh, have I been asked to you know, do anything outside my religion and all that. I work with, with WWE. Uh, I did a lot of extra stuff for WWE, and I had a meeting with John Laurinaitis and all that. I told him about Caprice Coleman. I told him who I was. I told him about the minister stuff and all that. And he said it'll never work. He said it'll never work. He said nobody's ever going to buy into that. The only way to work is if I was, you know, a heathen, you know, and I preached against people and why they shouldn't do this and why why they're going to hell and why they're Yeah, yeah, he said the only way to work is if we contaminate it. He said it'd be better if I, if I was a thug. This is before, uh, this is before um, crime time. This is right before crime time. He said, we see you more as a thug with this. I said, I'm not a thug. He said, well, that's the only way you're going to get across to the mainstream organization is if you do something like this. You know, so that was, would be one of the – to answer that question would be that uh, because WWE, you know, not that they was like, oh, we're going to hire this guy if he does this, but that's the kind of feedback I got from them. It was like right. never gonna, nobody's ever going to buy the man of faith or whatever like that. You know, you need to become something more mainstream uh, to be able to uh, fit with the audience and for the audience to be able to buy you. Uh, TNA, uh, when I got back, TNA, uh, they always, not to say anything bad, but they're a very busy company, and they will always be like, yeah, 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 hold on, hold on, hurry up and wait uh, type thing and all, because they had a lot of stuff going on. So uh, they would call me to, to do a show. Uh, I was supposed to be part of this exhibition uh, thing. They had the new exhibition pay-per-view that was going on, and all. Uh, they called me and booked me for a date, 
never called back and sealed the date or whatever. And it was kind of like they would, they would take me along. They would have me to meet them places in Fayetteville, uh, meet different places. I was meeting different people and all, and uh, nothing ever fell through. It was like they were just bringing me along the string uh, and all. And I believe what they kind of got stuck on was my age, uh, the age that I'm wrestling at now. I've been wrestling for a long time. And uh, once they found out my age, I think they was kind of, like, reluctant on, you know, somebody investing in somebody for years, you know, when they're already in their 30s or whatever. And so they just kept giving me, like, the run along. Ring of Honor is the only company that that gave me a chance. They didn't just go out there and say, know your role and shut your mouth and do whatever so-and-so tells you to do. <laughs> they gave me, like, chance to chance to work with people and actually have matches with people. They remembered me because I went overseas for, like, three years, and when I came back, it was kind of like starting over again. But once I came back to Ring of Honor, they remember who I was. They gave me, like, matches that I can actually compete in uh, and work with guys that, that were that were able to, you know, to, to work with. And uh, and they let me do my thing. And they gave me different tests. And I didn't know were tests at the time, but they would give me different tests and scenarios. And, they, you know, they put me with Colt Cabana, Red Titus, and tag team matches and this and that just to see how I would fare in each one of those tests. And they said that I passed them with flying colors. They gave me a chance, they, and they told me, they said, you know, Caprice, we like you. We like what you stand for. We like who you are. Do you want to work? And I was like, yes. They said, well, here's the deal. Our company's getting uh, getting ready to be, be bought out by somebody. We don't know if that's going to be good for us or bad for us yet. We need time to figure it out. They said, once we figure it out, if we have a chance to hire somebody, you are at the top of the list to be hired. Are you interested? I said, yes. They waited. Months went by and all. They would call them every once in a while, shoot me an email. Let me know the same thing that was going on. Once they was able to hire, they, they gave me an offer, told me what they was able to do. I accepted. They never lied to me, never took me on a string. Once I got there, uh, they treated me the same way. The guys in the back, they help each other out. They want to make the show better. They work with each other. That's, what else can you ask for? Right. And that's good because it sounds like a really uh, a really good environment. You mentioned uh, in your third – how old are you? I'm just out of curiosity. 34. Okay. Well, you're not like 50, you know, you still got some, I mean, Batista in the WWE didn't make it big until he was in his early 40s, you know, I mean, that's, that's nothing, that's just, you know, rhetoric, and it's funny you mentioned your your actual, not your gimmicks, but your lifestyle, because somebody like Shawn Michaels, who obviously is an all-time great, I think the greatest ever, he is a Christian, he's very open about it, I mean, he doesn't sit there and do sermons, but there's no doubt that everybody knows that he is a Christian, he prays, he does in the beginning, and uh, I don't know why they say that wouldn't work. I guess maybe they think because well, he uh, he's already he already had a name for himself. Yeah, he. Sorry, you were saying? Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. He was already known. He already uh, was known as a you know a guy that didn't do right and, and changed his life around, and that's who he was at the time, you know. And uh, and even so, they kind of tried to you know they kind of put a lid on it after a while, and and there's certain things he wouldn't do and all. Uh, but like I said, he already had a name for himself, and right. so it was kind of like take take it or leave it. This is who I am. No, I was gonna say it's interesting to me because you mentioned that whole the gimmick of, you know, holier than thou and you're gonna be a preacher repping on people. Well CM Punk did that whole straight edge society thing as a bad guy, you know, I'm straight edge, I'm better than you. And you know, right. if the WWE wanted to push that with you, it's interesting because eventually CM Punk was turned to face by the fans because they appreciate his work and that's ultimately right. what it all comes down to. Right. Like no. I, never went, I never I never was able to go that far with him. You know, once they said that or whatever, uh, John Laura and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll we think about it uh, and all. And you got to realize, man, I was just an extra. You know, they never took me into a camp or anything like that. I was just 
I was a very popular extra for them. Whenever I came, whenever they came to a town close to me, they would call me uh, and all, and I would work with them. The guys would vouch to work for me because they knew they were going to get a good match uh, type deal, but I in no way had any pull or anything like that. Uh, CM Punk, you know, like I said, he made his name Ring of Honor champion right. of what he was able to do, you know, and uh, he came in with that character. And all, like I said, they try to contaminate with him. You know, they try to make it, you, they try to contaminate it with him with the things that he did or whatever. And he was able through his work rate, work rate to be able to uh, to go past that. But he still had to go through a whole lot of stuff to get to that well, get to that place. Right. And Caprice, m- most recently, what would you say has been your favorite match so far? Is there anybody that you'd like to meet, you know, face to face? In Ring of Honor. In the Ring of Honor. Yeah. So far. Um, yeah. Every, you know what? I, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the spirit that we've had with the um, Co Brothers. Uh, those guys are phenomenal. Uh, I really enjoy working with the Verado, Verado Brothers because they're very young. But those guys are like wise beyond their years, man. Those, those guys are awesome. Uh, I had a very good match recently with the um, Young Bucks, uh, and that was by far like maybe the uh, the, the match I've probably been most worried about uh, because of the style that they work. You know, because it was kind of proving to myself that I could hang with these guys uh, and all. We had a very good match with them, so I was excited about that. So uh, pretty much every team that I've worked with, uh, it, within those three teams, have been very good experiences uh, for, for both Cedric and I because uh, they, they, those teams both respect us and, uh, and and was able to work with us very well, very well. Right. And is there anybody in the ring of honor that you'd like to one day face? Uh. All Night Express, uh, definitely. Like, I think we would have a good good run with them because Kenny King and I uh, have a lot of similarities, and we, we work well together. Uh, right. uh, I believe we would have a, a good um, good run uh, with All Night Express. Okay, and I know you know you're in the ring of honor right now, obviously, and we touched about this a little bit earlier in the interview. But uh, do you want to aspire to the WWE or TNA full time? I don't know, man. I have to cross that bridge when I get to it. Like I said, right now, I can trust Ring of Honor. Uh, they give me freedom. You know, I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do now. I, I also believe that Ring of Honor is in a position that uh, one day they might be able to, to fare against uh, the TNA or the WWE because I believe they're giving the people what, what TNA promised to give. You know, they're not bringing in a bunch of old guys and then putting them over on the guys that are trying to work themselves up. You know, they they're using the young crop, and even though it's taking a while for people uh, in the mainstream to get used to these guys, they can't deny their talent. You know, so I believe uh, I believe if I stick with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor would be one of the uh, one of the uh, top two instead of the number three company. I, I really believe that. Uh, if that WWE, TNA, or whatever deal uh, came at me, I believe it would be only because Ring of Honor gave me a chance. And I believe in a way that would be kind of you know backstabbing to say you know. This company gave me a chance. Oh, now we see you good. Now we like you. You know, so I really can't answer that question. I, I believe T, uh, Ring of Honor has really been uh, honest with me, and, and what more can I ask for? So my, my integrity is in check with them. You know what's great is that you mentioned uh, a story. It's not like, like I don't get the impression from you, and I don't say it's because you're a minister, but you're not giving us a, a candy-coated answer because that's the right thing since you work for Ring of Honor. You know, based on what you said about the WWE and TNA, I really do get the impression that that is how you honestly feel and you really do like working for them because they gave you a chance when nobody else would. And truthfully, You're right. if guys don't guys don't stick with the company, then, you know, they're always going to be a, a, like a 
almost like a minor league thing where they're producing talent for other people. So they need guys like you to stick there. Now, one last question, Caprice. Well, it's a twofold question. Um, in two weeks, you have the final battle, the iPay-Per-View. You're going to be in the tag team gauntlet match. Tell us a bit about that and a bit about the uh, the pay-per-view. Oh, man, I, I believe it's probably one of the uh, highlights of my career, man, because we get to go to the Hammerstein Ballroom, kind of like uh, one of the homes of, 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 of Ring of Honor, and, and kind of get welcomed in by their fans uh, and all. And uh, the match, we're going against the, the five greatest, uh, four of the greatest tag teams, I believe, in the world. I believe in Ring of Honor's tag team division, man, and I say that because of this. I watch TV, I watch WWE, and I follow TNA and all these, and and they and they treat the tag team division as if it's like secondhand guys just thrown together. I remember a couple yep. of months ago they had the tag team champions in with one guy like like the, the Big Show and the Big Show smashed the tag team champions like they were nothing. You know what I'm saying? And, and Ring of Honor they hold the tag team champions uh, championships as much prestige as they hold the world tag uh, the world championship uh, because it's an honor to be to be a champion. Period. I mean, can you imagine? Back in the day, if Andre the Giant went against the Road Warriors, who would win that? Will Andre the Giant crush both of the Road Warriors at the same time? No. One-on-one, maybe. You know what I'm saying? But you would never put the tag team champions in with the world champion and smash them. Right. That, yep. makes, the, that makes the titles look like garbage, like like it's nothing, like anybody can win those titles. But in Ring of Honor, the tag team division, the guys that work hard, they, they really want to make the division very powerful, and they push the division like that. They take it very seriously. So to be in the midst, what I believe is the best tag team division in sports today, I'm honored to be there in the midst of those teams. And I believe this gauntlet, uh, it's basically like a regular gauntlet. You know, you have two teams to start. The team that wins uh, stays in the ring until they lose uh, against the other. And I believe that it would be a chance for each team to be able to show their best, not only just uh, ring-wise, but endurance-wise and stamina-wise, because that's one other feat that we have on the other companies. You know, we're not picked up off the street because we're in the gym and we look real nice to have uh, blue eyes and, and blonde hair and, like, man, this guy can make a lot of money because he looks nice. We're athletes that were picked off the scenes because we was able to steal the show wherever we were to start with. So we started out as athletes in pro wrestling. We didn't start out as models or nice-looking right. guys on right. TV or whatever like that. So we're able to show that we are the real cream of the crop of professional wrestling and the by far best tag team division in the world. And I stand behind that. You know, it's true, sir, because I'll tell you this much. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'll tell you this much. The fact that there is a world tag team title match and there's a match with another tag team, you know, you have the, the, the five different tag teams. I'm uh, Sorry, yeah, five yeah. different tag teams. The fact that that's on a pay-per-view shows you, and people are paying for this, it shows you how seriously Ring of Honor takes it because a title shot, you're fighting for, on a pay-per-view for a title shot, not even in a title right. match. And there's two separate ones. That shows me that they do take tag team wrestling simply, uh, seriously. And the WWE, it's a joke. In TNA, now it's a joke. It used to be good. So as wrestling fans, that's what used to make wrestling great in the 80s with the Hart Foundation right. and the British Bulldogs and stuff like that. Right, right. Now, folks, right. You, def- you definitely could catch Caprice Coleman this, uh, what, December 23rd at the 2011 what, final battle, Caprice. Is there any uh, other matches you want to plug besides your, the match that we just talked about? Oh, man, of course, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, of course, that, uh, three. Uh, that's going to be a phenomenal match. Uh, the angle that we're going on with that with uh, Dan Severin uh, in, in their corner, uh, in, in Eddie Edwards' corner, those guys, you, you know you cannot put them two together and not tear the house down. Whether they're in the same corner or opposite corners from each other, it's going to be a phenomenal match. 
uh, the Briscoe Brothers uh, against the world's greatest tag team. Uh, of course, that's going to be a phenomenal match. Um, I would have to say that uh, if I was pulling for any team, no, I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that area alone. <laughs> but I believe that's going to be a very good match. I do believe that uh, the team that, that work rate, that is known for their work rate, will be the team that comes out on top, the team that's worked hard to make a tag team division, the best tag team division in the world, by their work rate and not by popularity, will be the team that comes out on top. Take that however you want to. All right. I mean, all I could ask now is what I usually ask my our guests on uh, Pure Gold is that, what, what's the future hold for Caprice Coleman? What do you think? You know what, man? I, I put it in the Lord's hand. I'm excited. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me alone. I don't believe he's just going to bring me here just to drop me off and say, okay, you got it here. You got what you asked for. Now the world gets to see Caprice Coleman do what Caprice Coleman does. You know, I'm on a national level now to be able to show the world what I'm capable of doing. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the tag team division. I'm excited about my tag team partner, uh, young Cedric Alexander. Man, this guy's 22 years old. I keep telling him, man, I was like, in five years, there's no reason why you shouldn't be a household name. The athleticism, the heart that he has in the outside life that he lives as well with his integrity, there's no reason why in five, five years you shouldn't be a household name. I told him all he has to do is stay away from the drugs, man, stay away from the after-party uh, effects that happen to great athletes. I, I was raised up in a in an area to where a lot of great athletes came from and got chances to live on the limelight, and they got caught up with things because of the after-party type stuff and drugs, and, uh, and it ruined a lot of their lives. You know, and I believe that I was set in the area that I was set in because I had a chance to go on with them, but things kept happening to me. And now I realize that it was the Lord preserving me for such a time as this. I'm 34 years old in the best shape of my life, and I'm maturing a lot of things. So I know a lot of things that I'll be facing. I know how to go against them. I'm not saying that I'm going to be perfect, but I know the answers to a lot of the things I'm going to be facing. If I can be an example for Cedric Alexander to show him how to last a long time in this business, you know, and he goes on to do his own thing, I've been successful in my thing. You know, if I can go on the Ring of Honor and they fall in love with me and I've been able to go far enough to be a tag team champion or a world champion, television champion, so be it. You know, uh, I just want to be able to do the best I can do and see how hard I can, how high I can go with the talent that I've been given. And I don't believe that um, I'm nowhere near reaching that potential yet. I believe I've just started, and, and as long as I'm around these guys, I keep getting better, man. I keep getting more ideas. I keep getting more excited. I believe I, I'm more even my work is even going up because I'm working around the greatest guys in the organization. They're not just not keep the secret from me. They're like wanting me to become better, you know, and they're giving me opportunities to become better. So as long as I'm in an environment like that, I can't help but grow, and you can't help but see that Caprice Coleman is going to be a man on top in a couple of years. You just keep watching, man. I don't say stuff just to say it because it sounds good, man. I really believe that this is just the beginning for Caprice Coleman. Caprice, I totally agree with you, and with a uh, good head on your shoulders, like I, I can tell that you have. Uh, you will definitely go far. Just don't forget that when you become tag team champions of Ray Honor and then go on to bigger and better things, just to come back on to Pure Gold, we'll reminisce and talk about your success. <laughs> no, no problem. Thanks for the invite, man. No, thank you so much, sir. Uh, we appreciate you giving us some time. And like Joe said, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. No problem. All right, take care. All right, bye-bye. Folks, that was the one and only... Caprice Coleman from Ring of Honor. We appreciate it. This is the first time we had a Ring of Honor wrestler on our show. So that's obviously a big thing. And, you know, he's wrestling in the WWE and TNA. You can check his stuff out online. You know, great man, man of integrity, which is, we appreciate. And uh, he's a great wrestler. He's in great shape. And I, I tell you, if my pastor was, you know, for a professional wrestler, I, I, my wife couldn't knock wrestling ever again. 
I mean, there's no other way around it. She could not knock pro wrestling again. I'm going to have this guy talk. I'm going to have Caprice talk to her and say, look, Raquel, you need to check this out. You need, I'm going to pray for you. You need Jesus. Caprice definitely seems like the type of guy that will go far in, in the future. Like, whatever he wants to do, I think, with a good head on his shoulder, like I said, he, he has. I just think that he could really, you know, not only go far in wrestling, but if that's what he wants to do, so be it. But uh, let's hope that he does make and become very successful so we can have him back on the show. Absolutely. It would be great to have him on. Uh, you know, he was a great guest, and we got a lot out of him. So we appreciate that. And, of course, uh, you know, we're going to have another guest in the very, very near, very, very near future. What I love about him is that he called exactly at 1 o'clock. I mean, most of our guests don't do that. So we had, like, a perfect, you know, segue, boom, here we go, Caprice Coleman. You know, before he came on the show, uh, we were talking about wrestling. And, we were talking about the Giants. <laughs> Sorry about that. But um, that Ring of Honor I pay-per-view should definitely be interesting, folks. Um, just to see Eddie Edwards and David Richards go at it again, you know, it would be great. We've talked about wrestling quite a bit uh, in the course of this show in this first year. We've had a lot of wrestling-related guests, so it was great to have him on. But, sir, I'm thinking the Giants are going to win. I'm picking the Giants to win. I think they're going to beat the uh, the Cowboys and end up in first place and hopefully beat them again in the second game. What about the Jets? Well, the Jets have a game that I think from here on end, the way the Jets' season is, it's, it's basically a must-win every game the rest of the way. The Jets almost have to run the table and go 11-5 and to get into playoffs, definitely. I think at 10-6. and they're going to need some help from other teams. So this week, they come home to play the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that really has no offense whatsoever, has a decent defense that beat the Chicago Bears, believe it or not, in Chicago, I think, last week. So the Kansas City Chiefs defense is really good, but I just don't think that they they have a chance against the Jets at, um, you know, at MetLife, MetLife Stadium. I think that the Jets defense is going to come up big against this horrible offense. I see an easy, easy, easy win. One of those like 27 to three or 27 to 10 type games. I don't even think Kansas City scored a touchdown. Um, I think the Jets are going to be working on all facets. Their special teams has been abysmal this year. I think that will play. Uh, they'll play much better in special teams this year. I think that their defense, like I said, is going to, is going to get to the quarterback. The Jets are going to get healthy this week, sir. They're going to play well. They're going to win 27 to three. And then they'll have to play a tough team like the Philadelphia Eagles the following week. I know that the, the Philadelphia record is not that good, sir, but playing in Philly, it'll be a tough game. I agree. And, again, we're going to have to shift gears one more time out of football because we are joined today, and we're very happy to have her, the lovely, the talented Miss Texas 2011, Anna Rodriguez. Anna, how are you doing this afternoon? Anna, you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can, can you hear me you now. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I, we we thought we had a little issue with the line there. Uh, Anna, no, I think my you. my cheek pressed the mute button. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. Uh, that's definitely the first time on Pure Gold. Uh, we definitely appreciate you giving us some time. Um, I know that you know we we've gone back and forth on on getting you on the show, so we're really happy that. You know, have a few minutes with you. Now, Anna, in doing some research for this interview, um, I see that you're a preschool teacher. Is that correct? Are you still a preschool teacher? I currently know I was a preschool teacher for about a year, and uh, a couple months into my reign, I was still teaching. And then I got extremely busy, so I took a little break from that. And I haven't gone back yet, but I, I love what I did. 
and I still love kids. I still love working with kids. That's what I did throughout my reign. So currently, no, but I was. Okay. So I have to, I have to ask that because I saw a preschool teacher thing and, you know, Wikipedia, what do they know? Now, let me ask you this. <laughs> what, what made you go into that, and, and did the kids know that you were uh, Miss Texas, that you were trying out for Miss Texas? Um, yes and no. I mean, I've always had a passion for kids, so that's where, you know, I've pursued a teaching career, and I didn't know that I wanted to do um, little, little kids. I always thought I would do high school or middle school, and then there was a job opening for this preschool position, so I took it. I ended up loving it. And then when I won, um, the directors knew that I was competing for Miss Texas USA. I, I said it in my interview. I was like, look, you know, I have something that I've been doing that I'm working for, and you know, God willing, I'll win one day, and when I do, you know, this is what might happen. And so um, when I did win, the directors obviously understood, but the kids, you know, when I came in to, um, they had a little party for me. They introduced me as Miss Texas USA, and they kind of really didn't get it. They they actually associated <laughs> it with being a princess, like a Disney princess. So, um, you know, they thought, oh, cool, you know, she has a crown, but they really didn't understand, you know, what, what comes along with being a title holder. So uh, I was a princess for a little bit, but then it was back to uh, passing out goldfish and screaming at me and, so it's, you know, it's pretty humbling, though. <laughs> that's cute because, you know, I was thinking about this and I'm looking. I'm like, you're a preschool teacher. If you had been a high school teacher, I'm sure that would have been a much bigger deal and you would have had to have dealt with the, the kids uh, bugging you. But, <laughs> now, tell yeah. us, what, what made you decide to go into modeling? And did you know that you always wanted to be one? Modeling, um, well, I was kind of awkward, and I know that a lot of people say this or models say this, that, you know, they had their awkward stage. I think everybody has their awkward stage. But, man, I tell you, I was not cute as a kid. And um, my sister, <laughs> I, I have pictures to prove it. But um, we don't want to put those on the Internet yet. <laughs> okay. But um, my sister had competed at Miss Texas Teen USA when I was about 13. And I'm I'm very competitive. And I grew up playing um, well, basically doing everything that she did, but then I got into sports and she did pageants. And so um, when she competed, I was like, whoa, whoa. You know, she could do it, I could do it too, right? But, um, again, I was a lot younger. I was really awkward. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I grew up at about age 20, I decided, well, you know, let me try this. So I got into my first pageant. I ended up doing really well. I had no idea what I was doing, but... Um, I ended up winning my prelim that kicked me into Miss Texas USA, and I made semifinalists there, and I won Miss Congeniality. And so being the competitor that I am, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to keep doing this until I win. And um, a lot of people thought I was crazy, but I kept doing it, and that's when a designer noticed me. So I got really lucky, and um, I started working for him, modeling for him. I never really signed with an agency, but happy to say I just did. And awesome. a couple of days ago, and so, um, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. And you know, I really didn't want to do that full time because I wanted to finish school. I wanted to win Miss Texas, and so that's kind of how it came about. I just started doing little jobs here and there, and now I signed with an agency, so I'll be doing a lot more of it. <laughs> I mean, trying out so many times for Miss Texas USA, um, five times in total. I mean, are you competitive, Anna? <laughs> Uh, extremely competitive. And and like I said, you know, I didn't want to stop until I won. And a lot of people thought I was crazy for it, but um, 
as I started learning, you know, when I first got into it, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh, well, I just want to be better than my sister, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, so I started, I started competing. I started doing really well. And um, I started learning about the organization, too. And that kind of drew me in a lot more. I felt like I had more of a purpose for being there. Um, as Miss Texas USA, I was able to serve as an advocate for the awareness of breast and ovarian cancer. And my mom, I lost my mom to ovarian cancer back in 2004. And so that gave me more of a, a purpose to be there and purpose to right. win. So um, I kept doing it. And like I said, I wasn't going to give up in, until I won. And uh, I won Miss Texas USA. And I was able to compete at Miss USA, which ultimately was my ultimate dream of competing at Miss Universe. But I was close, but just not close enough. <laughs> Right. Now, tell us what it was like trying so many times and then finally winning the title after the fifth time. Oh, man. You know, I a lot of girls don't will never admit, you know, them um, practicing their reaction. And I will admit that, you know, I thought about <laughs> it in my mind. You know, what am I going to look like when they finally call my name? Like, how am I going to react? And I kind of had it down. I was like, okay. Keep in mind that there's going to be people watching. You don't want to make ugly faces. People are going to be taking <laughs> pictures. And, you know, when they finally called my name as a winner, not, all of that flew out the window. I mean, I just totally, I was screaming, laughing, crying at the same time. I covered my face. And then for like a second, I was like, oh, my God, they're taking pictures. I'm not going to have a picture of me <laughs> with my reaction. But, you know, there was just a, a great like a crazy emotion that I felt, you know, after all that hard work, it had finally paid off, and it was just an amazing, amazing feeling. But I couldn't really tell you. I mean, it was just a mixed, a mixed emotion. Wow. So. It's funny because I pretty much reacted the same way when you finally agreed to come on the show. I mean, I was, like, crying, and I was just so <laughs> – I told Joe, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, uh, well, thank you. you. I appreciate you. You oh. don't want to talk to me. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. You know, it's funny. We started um, talking to beauty pageant winners from uh, the Miss USA circuit with uh, Rima, who won in 2010. And then we mm -hmm. just ended up, it snowballed from there. We ended up having so many, you know, different people. And we, we definitely uh, appreciate having you on. And it's funny because we're based in New Jersey. I, I told you this off the air, but all of our guests have been, like, from the Midwest and, and like, the West Coast. But, you know, we're going to have Miss New Jersey pretty soon. So, you know, that, we'll, we'll get to the, the hometown stuff. Now, yeah. Can you tell us, Anna, what did your family and friends, uh, those close to you, say after you were not successful in winning the title so many different times? I mean, were they discouraging you or were they pushing you to continue going forward? Um, I got a little bit of both, you know, um, because it's a lot of hard work. Um, it's very stressful, especially not just on the person that's competing, but everybody around. And and I'm I'm a perfectionist and. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm demanding, um, but when I do something, I want to do it 100% the right way. And, um, you know, my supporters were like, well, you know, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I'm like, look, I got into this because I wanted, ultimately because I wanted to win. Yeah, I wanted to have fun, but, you know, I wanted to be good, be great at what I did and have the title to prove it. But, um you know, they, I just got both reactions, and, you know, I tell a lot of people, I also do a lot of motivational speaking, and for me, I understood that um, it was a process and that I had to grow through those years. I had to take away something from the experience and learn from it. That way I could be better the next year, and so um, I just kept coming back because I knew 
you know, God God is great. God puts certain desires in our hearts for a reason, and I truly believe that, you know, he puts them there because he believes that we have the potential to reach them. And so I kept telling people that, you know, it's it's in my heart for a reason. And, you know, I thank God for giving me the opportunity, you know, to finally have won because I've been able to share that message and, and hopefully motivate other, other girls not just to be great at pageants but to be um, great at life, to continue to pursue their dreams because, you know, it does, it's not going to be handed to you on the first time or the first try or the second. Sometimes it's the fifth, but you have to be patient and you have to be willing to work hard. And so, you know, I think that that's something that I love to share with people because, you know, you have to, to continue to work hard in order for things to happen. So. And on a bigger scale, you know, you try out for Miss USA. How was that experience finishing third runner-up? Oh, oh, my goodness. It was madness. I mean, we were there for, like, three weeks. So you can imagine, I mean, having to get up every day, work basically 14-hour days. And a lot of people, you know, they see the final, the show, and they don't realize that we've been there for three weeks already. We've been going for 10 to 14 hours a day, practicing rehearsals, uh, media, events, and it's just, I mean, like I said, madness. I mean, we're going, 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 going. And it was great to finally be there on stage. It was a little bit weird, but it's surreal because you're there and it's like, holy moly, I'm going to be announced as the state of Texas. You know, I've been watching for the past five years other girls be announced as Texas, and, and it's me. So it's it's cool to, you know, it was cool to be there and to be announced as the state of Texas, especially because, you know, we have such an amazing legacy. It was just great to be a part a part of that. And not only, you know, do you do that, which is great, but you're, you know, according to your Twitter, you're a life coach and a motivational speaker. Tell us about those experiences. Yeah. Well, I decided to do um, to mentor kids and do pageant coaching and consulting um, before my reign was up. Um, I just love working with, with kids and, you know, as I would mentioned before, you know, I feel like a lot of these kids, they they have desires in their heart, but they don't know how to go for them. <clears throat> and they don't have people there pushing them and telling them that they are capable. And so that's where the motivation, you know, came from is to just help people realize their dreams because I went through, you know, a tough time. And so I just want to help them realize that it doesn't matter what you go through or what happens in your life. It's, you know, that you are capable of pursuing and fulfilling your dreams. And so I love working with with other people and, you know, in hopes that, especially in, in the pageant industry, I hope that they can become even better than, you know, what I was when I was competing or my placement at Miss USA. I want them to become even better, and not just at pageants, but in life in general. So yeah, I just love, really, love working with people. That's really awesome. And, you know, obviously you're you're all about not giving up. You're all about reaching your dreams. It's such an inspirational message. And, I, I mean, I talk about this a lot on the show. Uh, you know, aside from doing this and my full-time job, I'm a youth minister, so I deal a lot with kids and youth, and most of the youth in the class are actually girls, young girls, and, you know, to have women like yourself and, and Morgan Waller, who was on the show, and Brittany Bell and uh, so many different people, um, to be such positive role models for women, when you look at the flip side of that and you see women who, unfortunately, like uh, Britney Spears or, you know, Lindsay Lohan, who are going through so many different personal issues and it's projected publicly because of their status, it's great to yeah. see so many women who are a positive role model. And, obviously, you know, you're one of them. So tell us, our fans, 
how can they follow your wonderful career and find out what's going on with uh, Anna Rodriguez? Well, as you mentioned, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter. And um, I usually try and, and post, you know, what I'm doing. Like yesterday I was at a shoot all day for the modeling agency, so I posted that I was on, on set at the shoot. And, you know, I, I try to keep people updated through Twitter, and I have Facebook as well. Um, but, yeah, those are the, the best ways to kind of keep up with me if you don't personally know me or can, you know, go out to lunch with me. But um, through Twitter and Facebook is the best way, I would say. Right. Right, definitely some some good stuff there. Now, Anna, once again, we just appreciate you giving us some time, and obviously we wish you much success in the future. If you ever come to New Jersey, you got to look us up so we can have you in the uh, the Pure Gold Studios for another interview. But, okay, um, perfect. You know, c- congratulations on all your success, and again, thank you so much. No, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Anna, thank and happy, you. And Take congratulations. Care. Happy one-year anniversary. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. We'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Okay, bye. Sir, out of all the guests we've had, and I know that I would say this, I think Anna just became my favorite. (laughs) Oh, happy Pure Gold one-year anniversary. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, cheap plugs will definitely make... (laughs) Will definitely make you your favorite... I mean, make her your favorite guest. Oh, of course. Uh, Absolutely, sir. You know, sir, this has been a great show so far. I mean... It's our one-year anniversary. It's Pure Gold Live and on the air. We've been on since 12 o'clock, and, you know, we had two two guests. We've had a caller. I mean, this show cannot get any better. Maybe one or two more people from, you know, from previous shows might want to call in. That'd be nice. Oh, of course. <laughs> That'd be nice. I wonder what Angel from One of the Park is doing right about now. Yeah, I wonder that, too. But, you know, before we, we brought on Anna Rodriguez, we were talking about the Jets, and I really think that, the Jets have to win pretty much every game the rest of the season. And this game is, like, such a must-win. I think that the Jets will come out strong. I think they'll win, like I said, 27-3, to maybe 27-10. And uh, then go to Philadelphia, where it's not going to be easy to beat Philadelphia in Philly, even though their team is not, you know, their team is in shambles at the moment. But uh, we'll, we'll just see where that goes. Absolutely. Um, now, sir, do you think the Jets are going to make the playoffs? I think guns to my head. I think the Jets will make the playoffs. I think. Wait, let me get my gun. Hold on a second. Okay, there it is. Gun to my head. I think they do make the playoffs. And what a perfect segue from one Jet fan to another. Folks, we're proud. Well, we're not so proud. We're not so privileged. We are joined once again by the one and only MIA himself, Mr. Todd Johnstone. Todd, how in the world are you doing? Happy holidays, guys. How you guys doing today? Oh, hold on a second. My alarm is going off to uh, remind me to call you guys. There we go. Well, uh, How you doing? ordering food or something. This guy's telling us to hold on. Todd, where have you been? Oh, missing in action, man. I'll tell you, I have been flying the MIA flag over my house, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, like I uh, like I said to you in the Twitterverse the other day, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way, and right now my job has absolutely been getting in the way of everything. But how can I not take the opportunity to call in for uh, this very special episode of Pure Gold? Oh, of course. I mean, Todd, hopefully in the future we'll be able to have you on again. I mean, Todd, I've been asking Joe, I'm like, what's going on? Because Todd's take is still relevant. Todd's take is still important. I don't know where or what, 
I figured maybe you were in jail. I figured maybe you something you did uh, after a big jet loss. I'll tell you, I, it, it really has been a uh, a work thing, but uh, I'm hoping for a uh, a change shortly. That's for sure. Can you believe, Todd, that it's been one year that Pure Gold's been on the air? It's unbelievable. I mean, the show, I, I, I just remember listening to the show when you guys were first starting off and thinking to myself, all right, it's a great concept. These guys are going to be fantastic on the radio. And just to listen to how the show has matured and evolved over the past year, I mean, it, it's just such a great listen. And to all the listeners out there, I mean, you guys are definitely supporting the show, and, and I just can't say enough nice things. And, I mean, I, you say all this stuff, but you were definitely a big part of it, hopefully after – you know, your work schedule becomes a little lighter. I think that, I really think that, you know, your take and, you know, giving us some sports updates is going to be important to make our show successful in the future. Well, I certainly miss uh, my 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 rants on the air, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> my dog doesn't quite seem to get it when I rant at him, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I told Joe, and I didn't know you were dealing with stuff at work, but I'm thinking – all right, maybe it's not interesting. Uh, there's not much going on sports-wise as far as updates, but the take was great, especially when it had nothing to do with what we were talking about. I mean, that was my favorite one. I, have, I mean, it's been two hours. I, I've been holding it in for like 30 minutes. i got to go to the bathroom. This would have been a perfect place to have Todd's take so I can go, you know, use the John. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, you, I definitely had a tendency to steer the show into a brick wall sometimes, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Now, Todd, like, I know that you're um, busy at the moment, but thanks for calling in. And like I said, starting maybe in 2012, um, you know, we'll have some, you know, we have big news coming up uh, in a couple months, and we'll have you back on just doing some takes and then giving some sports updates. Absolutely. I look forward to being back on the show. And, and you know, I, I am apologetic. I know Joe and I have been talking off the air, and, and even DJ and I have been talking on Twitter a little bit, and uh, to uh, – to you guys, I, I am sorry that I haven't been more available, but it has really been just a really brutal few months. But uh, like I said, hopefully things are going to be changing. Uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed for me. Some good karma coming my way would definitely be a good thing. Yeah, you're sorry, all right, Todd. But listen, <laughs> we, we definitely. I know personally, uh, I appreciate you know the take. I appreciate everything you've been. Uh, you've been loyal to the show almost since the very beginning, and you know you were one of, if not our first caller. I believe that Todd was one of our first callers. So, you know, the the whole year that we've been on the show having you on and hopefully in the very near very near future <laughs> we'll we'll have you on again because uh, it's just not the same without Todd's take. And you literally you see you hear that listeners? This could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> literally mid show I'll mention to Joe, where the hell is Todd? Where the hell what is he doing? And then he'll come up with some story about you uh you know, schmoozing it up with the big wigs, or I don't know whose butt you've been kissing, but it's something to that effect. Well, yes, I, I, I sadly admit have been uh, certainly schmoozing some big wigs to uh, make something happen, hopefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost ashamed to admit it, <laughs> but I have been doing it. I have been schmoozing. <laughs> Listen, Todd, again, thank you so much, sir, and it's good to hear you again, hopefully, like I said, in the future. I've said it ten times already, but we need Todd to take back on the air. Absolutely. And uh, to all the listeners and to you guys as well, you know, have a really Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year. You know, I hope to be talking to you before then. But, you know, it, just in case, you know, life gets in the way once again, I just want to make sure that everybody has a really happy holiday. Thank you all. Thank you, sir. Have a good one.
Take care. The one and only Todd Johnstone, a.k.a. TJ, a.k.a. Todd Take, a.k.a. GTH. The show would not be complete. The one-year anniversary of Pure Gold would not be complete without our third member of our family. Our loyal listener then became a part of our family, Todd Johnstone and his Todd's Takes. He was basically homeless, and we took him in. <laughs> we did, and uh, we love him for it because he is definitely a great contributor to the show. I think the only person I'm going to call him out on the spot, sir, is we we didn't get Hans. I've texted him, called, left messages. I just think he's done with pure gold. I think that uh, he's a disgrace to the human race. I know Pyro's actually working right now because I spoke to him earlier this week to try to get him on, and he you know he was apologetic because he's not able to make the show. But um, he was a great contributor to the show also. I remember having him and then rambling and then Todd rambling. And then we have Hans in his awkward moments. I mean, that's the only thing missing from Pierre Go right now is just some awkwardness. We talk about we haven't really talked about our first guest, Greg Polanco. I mean, the the interview in terms of quality, sound quality wasn't great, but having him as our first guest, he's really a nice guy. I know that you're obviously related to him, but obviously. <laughs> but still, and who can forget about that, sir? How many times did I say uh, obviously this year? We should count. <laughs> You know, what's funny is that you haven't said that in a long time. We stopped saying obviously, definitely, maybe. I mean, Greg was on December 22nd. That was our show. It was actually an 11 o'clock show on a Wednesday. I mean, that was that was amazing. But um, you had to obviously, definitely, maybe, so-so, possibly, <laughs> enough's enough. You make us all sick. I mean, how many times have we played those quotes over this, this year? Uh, sir, obviously, we definitely, maybe. <laughs> there you go. We're looking forward to you know getting signed somewhere, maybe Ring of Honor, maybe some place where we can do. Oh, sorry, wrong the uh, wrong sport there. Wrong sport. Uh, we'd love to you know be doing this full time. Uh, it's our dream, and doing it at a radio station. I mean, heck, it it could be anything. It, it could be uh, you know Spanish language station. We don't care. We just uh, we're hoping that the big news we have coming up soon will really lead us to something. Because Joe, I know personally. I love doing this. I love doing this show. I love having callers and guests and segments and interviews. I mean, it, it, I live for it. I absolutely live for it. Without this, I, I'd probably be walking into traffic right now. We have to once again thank all of our sponsors throughout the year and thank all of our guests. They've all they've all been great. They've all been gracious to give us some time on the show. And honestly, definitely, maybe, obviously, one more time, sir. Uh, I know you don't like to take credit on the air, but I'm going to give you a lot of credit for making this show as successful as it is, because you, sir, are the one that runs the technology part of it. You also get a lot of our guests. I know that I work on some of the guests and try to do some advertising of Pure Gold, like on, you know, Mike Francesa, the biggest <laughs> sports radio show in, the, you know, the country. Of course. But, but let's just face it, sir, you are dedicated. I think I'm as dedicated, but not in the way you are. You are just a phenom when it comes to just getting these guests lining them up, and then just setting up, editing the tape. You do it all behind the scenes, and hopefully in a couple months we'll have more people that can help contribute so that you can concentrate just on the show content itself. You know, it's funny that you said, uh, you said you're just as dedicated as me, but not as much. That's a joke. But not really. <laughs> That's definitely a joke. It's like I'm equally as dedicated as you, but not even close. <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate that, Joe. It's, it's unexpected, and, you know, uh, I love this show. I love doing it. I love getting into fights with my wife over how much time I'm spending with uh, Pure Gold and, and doing with with PG. Um, you know, this week she she's ripping me a new one, hit me with a steel chair. 
but this year has been wonderful. Um, the birth of my daughter, obviously, the biggest thing that was we we broke that life on the air. We we're actually in the uh, labor and delivery room airing the show. Oh wait, that never they never made it to air. Sorry about that. Um, you know, we did some videos on YouTube. We actually did one one a month ago, or yeah, two or three weeks ago with Survivor Series, and maybe in the future we'll have some more. I'm not sure, but just look for some great things from Pure Gold. Look for some some new things, some innovative things, some changes. I mean, the guests that we've had, the list, it's a who's who, wrestling, uh, football. You know, Greg has tried to get Carlos Arroyo on, you know, a basketball player, first of the Celtics, uh, the Heat and Celtics. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have him on in the future. We're looking to get some more artists and things and some actresses and actors. I mean, the great thing, sir, about the show is that it really is about – everything and anything, and we do try to tell it like it is because that's, that was the goal, pure goal from the get-go, was to have a show that tells it like it is in an entertaining way, and the fact is that you can listen to any of the shows that are archived that DG puts on to our website, puregoldpg.com, and, you know, call us in, send us an email at puregoldpg at yahoo.com, give us some feedback, listen to any show you want, and if you have any suggestions, you know, like you want us to get somebody that you think you know, would be a good take, uh, we'll, we'll take into consideration because it is about the fans. Call in any time. We love talking to the, to the listeners, sir, and having guests on from from wrestling all the way to beauty pageants, Miss USA's, it's, it's been a great first year, honestly, and I hope that this year two can only get better. It just reminded me of something I wanted to ask Anna and I completely forgot. Um, I'll have to ask Miss New Jersey this week coming up, Michelle Leonardo, who's the current reigning Miss New Jersey. Um, you know, we just have, like I said, so many different things, so many different guests coming up. Um, of course, we have the wonderful Kim Jones, who will be joining us on the 20th of December, and uh, Amber Jo Watkins, Miss Pennsylvania, USA, 2011, the week after that. I was actually going to ask Anna, what's the difference in Miss Universe and Miss, Miss uh, USA, and, I mean, Miss America and Miss USA, but... Uh, I guess I can look up uh, Wikipedia and get some false information on that. Yeah, I, I think you can. I, I just think that they're the same, but obviously, definitely, maybe, they're not. No, they can't be. It's got to be different, I think. I'm not sure. So we're going to get our crack staff to look this up. <laughs> you do that. And while we do that, I just, again, call us in anytime you want, 714-364-4721. Check us out on our website, puregoldpg.com. Buy some merchandise for the holidays. We've got hoodies, my favorite. Woo! Whoa, and uh, with that, sir, I think I'm going to turn it over to you until next week. Folks, Tuesday, 10 p.m., you need to call in. You need to listen. It's going to be awesome. As always, we appreciate you all. We appreciate Caprice Coleman joining us. We appreciate Anna Rodriguez joining us. Just wonderful, wonderful folks, wonderful people. We thank you so much for listening. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you that no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what you say, you always have to keep it PG. Are you ready?
Huh. What's the name of your shop? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.